When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, Nathan. Yeah. You know what's really popular right now? Uh, yes, I do, actually. Special types of swimming suits. The ones that are kind of like Speedos, but they're a little longer. They're like skin-tight Speedos. No, I, I don't know anything about skin-tight Speedos. Oh, damn. I guess I'm the only one. No, what I was talking about was uh, big-ass SUVs. Oh, those too. Yes. Huge SUVs are very popular right they're now. They're having kind of their moment in the light right now. For some reason, everybody wants one of these big family-hauling Massive Taylor towing, uh, off-road going, overland, possibly driving SUVs. Yeah, they are. And it's a funny time to want it, too, because gas is ridiculous. And these things are not cheap to keep running, but right now it's a sort of a resurgence. Not only are these big SUVs popular, but new ones are coming out. So we've got a list here of the most popular ones out there. Uh, and we are going to be talking about them. We're going to give you our impressions because we have driven most of these. Mm -hmm. We're going to be talking about towing. We're going to be talking about, uh, you know, all of the infotainment, everything that goes along with these things, price. Uh, but before we get to that, um, let's talk about some of the vehicles that we have driven here uh, that are at the office uh, and kind of just go through some of the uh, recent reviews we've done. Uh, and some of them are pretty cool. So you recently took the new Honda Passport. Yeah, I took it to uh, Tumbleweed, yep. and uh, over at the ranch, I got to take it into the snow. And the cool thing about that is that uh, about four months, three months ago, I took it into the Borrego Desert. Right, this, got, is, this is the adventure one. Right, right, this is the Honda Passport Trail Sport, and they're not full-blown off-road vehicles, honestly, you know, it's not. But they it look off-roady. They look kind of off-roady, they're really not, but it performed really well on rough surfaces and everything but say rocks it can do quite well so i took it on snow at the ranch and had a chance to really flick it around and have a great time it did really really well that video just came out it's remarkably good that uh, ivtm4 system for all-wheel drive is fantastic so um, you can select different modes, right? You've got like mm -hmm. sand, snow. Yep. Uh, and does that work? or is It just... It really does work. Yeah. And it can send up to 70% of the power to the rear. Mm. And then it does torque vectoring where at the rear it can move it around. So you can use it on the asphalt when you're driving around or off-road. So it does a little bit of both. And it does it effectively. And because it's the Passport as opposed to a Pilot, it's a little bit smaller. It has better off-road angles. It has better you know, ground clearance, better approach angles, stuff like that. And altogether, I would say that it's pretty competent for a crossover. So if you guys are looking for an adventure-looking vehicle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> looking, yeah. I mean, you know, you, know, you know how we are, right? We like things that are actually 
um, real versus appearance, right? And this this thing, like Honda has these tires on it that, that have like Firestones. This, yeah, that have this like pattern on the outside that makes it look like they're off-roady, but the actual tread pattern is just a it's, standard. It's just a standard all, all, all season. season. yeah. But you know it did really good in the snow. Did it? The, okay. Yeah, those tires are actually decent in the snow, but off-road, I've taken them off-road, and they were woefully unprepared for off-roading. So if you're serious about off-roading, the, the IVTM4 system works good. The tires do not, so just how, switch the tires. How about room? I mean, it's a very roomy room. Really, really roomy. Yeah. You and I could sit in there, and we're really big guys, and we wouldn't touch shoulders or even come close. Uh, it's as wide as you know, a minivan, pretty much, because it is based on a similar platform. And let's face it, it is the uh, male version of the minivan, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they made well, it a little bit more... Well, I guess the pilot would added, be, because that has the third row. This doesn't have a third row. This just has two very big rows. So they added some, some testosterone by making it look... Look off-roady and still has some pretty good numbers, and it works well. It so, just works. So when that first came out, Tommy and I went to shoot it in yeah, California. Uh, and then they had actually done one where they'd actually added, like, real off-road bits and pieces to it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just wish, Honda, if you're listening, build that one. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute, folks. Hold, hold on. Honda told me at the event, okay. they straight told me that they will have – other components available very soon for that vehicle, which will make it even more off-roady. That's talking, that's tires, wheels, suspension, possibly armor, and more. Yeah. Making it closer to the vehicle yeah. that you reviewed. Yeah, because, I mean, there was like, I remember they added some color to the inside, right? Like mm-hmm. the stitching was orange. orange. Yeah. Because orange is off-road. <laughs> orange is off-road. <laughs> right? Like blue is green and green is blue. Right, right. Yeah, that's kind uh, of ridiculous. But, 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 but Honda did a really good job making this thing look fun and behave well. They need to take it up a step, and I think they know that, which is why they'll have these options available very soon on their website for that vehicle, and possibly other ones, too, in the future. All right. Now, uh, today, you just took a vehicle that I remember I went on the program for, gosh, it must be almost three years ago, Mm -hmm. the Honda Escape plug-in hybrid. I know. Like, that that was supposed to come out literally, like, three years ago. About three years ago, yeah. I, I remember I took it out. We drove it. I forget where we were at, somewhere, uh, gosh, on the East Coast. Uh, and I was impressed by it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it kind of got lost in the shuffle, right? It, it's basically the um, the chassis that also underpins the Bronco Sport. Oh, and, and more. There's more to it than that. This car is the granddaddy also to the Ford Maverick. Yeah, if you also, talk about yeah, the exactly the same Two same of the most train. popular non-F-150 based vehicles or non-pickup truck based vehicles that Ford is selling right now. And the one that I drove just today, yeah. and we got a chance to, to do a, a full little thing about five things that are great and not so great about it. That thing is remarkably capable when it comes to mileage. 37 miles on a charge, which is the most of pretty much any vehicle in its class for an electric charge. 40 miles per gallon, regular running, that's if you run it like a regular hybrid, 105 MPGE if you're just, you know, using both. And if you think about it, that is pretty damn impressive, but there is a massive problem, Roman. What's that? It doesn't have an all-wheel drive option. Really? Yeah, so only front-wheel drive. Only front-wheel drive. Right, Whoa. which is the same problem that so, they have. So maybe they're thinking like, hey, if you want the four-wheel drive, get yourself the Bronco Sport. Or or other ex- escapes. Right. You yeah. can get a hybrid escape, which has a mechanical four-wheel drive system. But not the plug-in. Right. The plug-in hybrid does not have all-wheel drive. <laughs> and interesting, uh, so the Maverick hybrid, the regular hybrid Maverick, does not have all-wheel drive currently, although there's rumors that they're going to work on that. So... I'm thinking that, A, they're going to take the plug-in hybrid system, which works really well from this vehicle, pop it into the, the uh, Bronco Sport, which makes total sense, right? And also the Maverick, which makes total sense. 
but they need to add an all-wheel drive system or else they're going to fall on their yeah, face. Yeah, especially since, like, the king of that segment right now, the one that is vastly popular is the RAV4 Prime. Which is super powerful compared to this. The RAV4 is a monster. It's a monster, right? Yeah. If you guys can get one and you're looking for a vehicle that's not just off-road kind of capable, but certainly very quick. Three, uh, over 300 horsepower. And then I think it's got, what, 40 miles of range, all electric? Something to yeah, that effect, yeah. yeah. It's, it's really good. Um, so that one is just, you know. It's, it's a beast. Yeah. Um, and if Ford wants to compete, which is, you know, this is a direct competitor, right? It's in many ways, it is. Yeah, they need, but, they need to step up their game. Yeah, they do. But this is a good start, even though it's a big question of why did it take them so long? I think they had issues with batteries. Yeah, that may have been it. Because I remember, I think there was a story we covered where, like, they were starting to catch fire in Europe. Not in America. But I think in Europe they had some fire issues. That, and, and, you know, and correct, that's a big yeah, issue. Correct me if I'm wrong in the comments. Yeah, yeah, by all means. Yeah. Uh, Lithium-ion batteries do have that issue. And uh, this one is a 14.1 kilowatt hour battery. But pretty, here's the thing, Pretty Roman. big. You and I drove something very similar to this years and years ago. Which years was? and years. The C-Max. Remember that? Oh, yeah, the C-Max. Yeah, yeah. I know. Nobody wanted it. But the, the C-Max was cool. It had a, uh, the battery was about half the size MPV, of this one. MPV, people hauler. It was a people hauler. And yeah. it did. It was really, really. It was, um, like, it was under Alan Mulally. They were, they were trying to bring, like, European right. Right, cars to America. And those kind of. That segment, that people hauling segment, which we call minivans in America, but they call it's people movers. kind of a wagon, really. Yeah, but yeah. yeah they, they, they thought maybe, and, and yeah, it didn't. It didn't. Mm-hmm. If they made it look like a, a crossover or an SUV, it probably would have sold a lot more. But that technology has been around for a long time at Ford, 2017 we're talking about. So this, this you know, version of it, it's a big question mark why it took so long to get here. And it would be great if you guys are, you know, listening or watching, let us know if you've heard anything as to the reason why it took so long to get here. So I was in California yesterday, Nathan, driving the, and I can't, uh, I hate saying this, but I'm just saying why I was out there. I don't like, like, I hate when podcasts say, I can't tell you about it, embargo, but I can't until March 22nd. But I was driving the new Porsche GT4 RS. I hate you, but yes. Okay. (laughs) But the interesting part was I saw gas at 650 a gallon. Yeah. Uh, And this was uh, in big, outside of Big Willow. If you're from LA, you'll know where that's at, I hope. Mm -hmm. Uh, In California, it's a racetrack. Uh, And I think we're heading that way. I stopped. I had to get gas. It was four dollars a gallon for uh, the expensive stuff. For the premium, yeah. yeah. And I think it's going that way. And obviously, the reason for that is because what's happening in the Ukraine. And of course, our hearts um, go out to the people of the Ukraine. Uh, you know, we um, we feel horrible about what's happening, mm-hmm. uh, but we also kind of feel that that you know you don't come here to get more. More, more depressed. So, right. So. We don't talk politics here. Right. So if you ever wonder why we don't talk about politics, it's because we don't talk politics here. We talk cars and yeah. trucks. So we figure people come here to get away from that. But, right. But we did want to just, you know, mention that. Absolutely. A lot of us uh, have uh, friends and family, and it's, it's, it's a scary situation. So what we're going to do is we're going to say that hopefully gas prices will come down when this is resolved. But just but they're going to go up before they go down. Oh, of course so, they are. So that's why, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah, that, so that's why I'm bringing up these kinds of, you know. So I remember back in 2000, when was it, like nine, when gas prices went through the roof? It's 2008, 2009. So, yeah, yeah, I remember, and everybody, like, you couldn't get a Prius to save your life, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. And I think we're going to see the same sort of thing. I think, the, you know, there, there comes a turning point where people start to change their buying decisions mm-hmm. uh, based on... Uh, the cost of gasoline. I agree 100%. And I have a feeling that 
Right now, we're hearing that what two percent of the people right now are buying electric vehicles. I think that's going to triple. All electrics, yeah, yeah. I oh, think that's going to that's going to blow gonna up. Go, it's going to go through the roof, and yeah. and rightfully so because it, it's a lot less expensive to run on an electric vehicle, especially if you charge at home. If you charge at home, which I do. Yeah. Uh, you know how much I've paid for charging my daughter's car in two years? It's been two years now. Now you've now let you should mention that you have one of the early, well 2014 Nissan. No, no, 16. 2016, oh, sorry, 16, 2016 Nissan, Nissan Leaf. Nissan it has the larger 30 kilowatt yeah. hour battery. My daughter has been trying her hardest to butcher the poor car <laughs> since we bought it. but it, And it's been really good. It's a good little, reliable little car. Um, so, so far at ChargePoint and one other place, I think I combined in two years that I've spent about $11 to keep it running. And we put on about 15,000 miles in two years. And that's mostly- $11 in, like public charging. Yeah, public okay. charging. At home, it's a totally different story. Right, right. It's about 50 bucks a month right. that it costs, which is still a hell of a lot less than filling it up. And my daughter drives the crap out of it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I mean, it looks like all the prevailing winds are blowing gas going up to right now. I, I, as we tape this or record this, it's like 111 uh, per barrel. Per barrel. And I think it's probably going to go up from there. Well, they say it's going to drop a little bit with the Fed opening up the Federal yeah. Reserve. Yeah, but, but they it, did that two days ago and it hasn't. <laughs> it hasn't dropped yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. But the thing is, is that uh, these vehicles are still really, really popular. These giant SUVs that we're going to be talking about. And none of them get particularly good mileage. So here's the thing, right? I think this is going to do two things. I think it's going to explode hybrids and electric cars. Right? Yeah. Because, you know, the, the one hybrid that I think is... Uh, way undervalued is the Prius. You know, we had just had the Prius here, mm -hmm. right? And Tommy was getting, get this, 56 MPG. 56. We got a bunch of little motorcycles here. Yeah. Uh, that The Triumph I have, I think that's rated. It's a 1,200cc Scrambler. That's rated at 56. <laughs> and this Prius, which is a car with, like, doors and windows. And actually a lot of cargo space, too. Air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just gets crazy good mileage. Now, bear in mind, that was the Prius without the all-wheel drive. Right. The, that the, was, yeah, that yeah. was the front-wheel drive. One. Right. You can actually get two different other types of Prius. One that has all-wheel drive and the other one that's a plug-in, uh, right? Isn't there the Prius... Prime? There's a Prius Prime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's there's it. a Prime, and then there's all-wheel drive. But I'm just saying, I think they're going to get very popular. I would agree. And, and little mini motors, I think, are going to get very popular because we've got a little Navi here mm -hmm. for the bike channel, uh, and that thing gets over 100 miles a gallon, and so does a little monkey. So so we'll be fighting over it. Do you want the Navi or the monkey, Nathan? The last thing you want is a big fat guy like me riding a, a monkey around. So you it's, want the Navi. That, that sounds really crazy. Yeah, the Navi's a little bit bigger. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's still a weird-looking bike for people to hop on. No, I, I think, thank you very much, but I think I'm good with electric <laughs> cars. Electric cars will be just fine for me or plug-in hybrids. Yeah, but your daughter's going to have that. You're going to be fighting for no, that. she's going to school. I'm going to get rid of her and keep my keep her car and drive it around, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I do agree that there's going to be a, a major shift, and it's going to happen soon. I think. Right now, obviously, uh, it's hard enough just to get a car. Yeah. But I think that they're going to see a big shift with some of these other vehicles that have been undervalued and underappreciated that get really good mileage, and they're going to come back into vogue just like they did in 2008, 2009. The other thing that I think is going to come back into vogue, speaking of uh, you know looking into the future, mm -hmm. are probably diesels. For a long time, let's face it, uh, Volkswagen kind of you know took the diesel and, and shot it in the head. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> and then God, kicked it. Thanks, Volkswagen. And then kicked it and then shot it again. And FCA did too. I mean, a lot yeah. of other companies did their part, but <laughs> Volkswagen, yeah, Volkswagen really was a catalyst. Yeah, yeah, we know that. But uh, right now, what's funny is that other companies that did have diesels just recently got rid of them, right? Uh, GM, like GM that, that straight six is a magnificent. Oh, that's really good. That's yeah. still out. That's yeah. fortunately, that's popular. But Ford got rid of theirs. Ford got rid of With theirs. the lightning coming, yeah. Right. Uh, that was which, not a good diesel, though. It wasn't great. It was yeah. based on a Range Rover F design FCA, or something. Um, FCA, Stellantis still has theirs. Yes, they do, uh, but only in the trucks. 
But in terms of cars, there are very few diesel cars out there. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about what what diesel cars are left out there in the market. There w- now, GM G- GMC just recently got rid of their uh, terrain. I believe it had a little uh, diesel in it. I don't think they sell. But that, that straight six does go into some of these big vehicles that we're yes. talking about. So yes. you could get an Escalade. Yes, we'll talk about that in a second. And, and, and yeah. suburban and whatnot. Yes. Yeah. But uh, and that's that's a wonderful powertrain. But that's different um, in terms of cars. I cannot think of any car right now in the United States. There might be a Mercedes Blue or something like that that I'm not thinking about. That's kind of under the covers. Well, how, but about, how about that? Did the Jeep get rid of the? Yeah, so Jeep went four by E. So they got the no. New they still have their. They still have their diesel. It's still available. But that I don't the, know. If that not in the new Grand Cherokee. No, not. The, I'm not talking the Grand, uh, Grand Cherokee. I'm talking about the uh, uh, a Gladiator. Wrangler. You can get it in the Gladiator. Gladiator and a Wrangler. You can get the uh, yeah, 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 and the Gladiator and the Wrangler. Yeah, you can yeah. get that diesel. Yeah, but they're doing the 4 by e that's coming out soon. And I say that because if you guys have been following, um, you know, our other podcast uh, that you and Andre do sometimes, Mm -hmm. uh, the truck podcast, I just uh, happened to be towing today uh, a skid steer. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're doing a new series, by the way, called uh, Thank You for the Name. Your brilliant brilliant Nathan came up with the name, Taming Tumbleweed. Um, And we're doing... uh, uh, kind of like a version of Clarkson's Farm, except with a ranch. <laughs> so sorry, Jeremy. I'm I'm, I'm probably copying. We're, we're poaching. From, we do it all the time. Yeah, we so. do it. Everybody does it. So yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, so we're laying down rock, and we needed a skid steer. And there was mm-hmm. a company uh, that out of Denver that that, that we're working with now, right? Uh, uh, that that lent us this uh, Caterpillar skid steer mm-hmm. uh, and um, and a trailer because Andre's got the trailer in in Arizona, right? Uh, so I was towing eleven thousand. Actually, David was towing eleven thousand. With the Cummins 2500 yeah. uh, Ram, what kind of fuel economy do you think David managed to get towing from downtown Denver to the ranch? Which this is, is our new Cummins. That this is our new Cummins, it? towing 11,000 pounds with a Cummins from, I'd say about, it's probably about 60, 70 miles, maybe, mm-hmm. something like take, that. Yeah, yeah. On right. the highway, mainly. What do you think he managed to get? Seven miles per gallon. 15. Wait, while towing? Yeah. 15 mpg. How the hell did he do that? Because it's uh, fuel efficient. Damn. Yeah. That's 15. way better. See, that's the thing is that people tend to skew, and I, I totally forgot how efficient uh, diesels can be. Yeah. So that's let, remarkable. let's put that into perspective. Andre just towed down uh, to Phoenix uh, our F100 with the Tundra, mm-hmm. and he was getting, I think, eight. Yeah, that's that's where my yeah. head was on yeah. that. Yeah, yeah so, and, so, the and that's consi- less weight. That's that was like eight thousand, maybe seven thousand, yeah. something like that. Completely different powertrain, but the Tundra is built to tow. Yeah, I mean it runs at low RPM, and it's still, I mean that's not Twin turbo V six, yeah. uh, Cummins fifteen. Wow, that is really Pretty impressive. Amazing, huh? So, I mean, unfortunately, I don't think automakers can hit a button and bring back diesels that they just recently discontinued. It's difficult to go backwards, right? But I think that you'll see perhaps more of these large SUVs. Yeah, I think there'll be a diesels. spike in those in those like uh, Volkswagen Group three liter diesels, right? So uh, there was obviously a Touareg that had it. Right. There was a Porsche that, that I don't know if the Porsche still has it. The I'm Cayenne. sure they don't. You think they got rid of it? The hybrid. The, the U.S. The word they diesel. Had a hybrid diesel, I think. I don't know about a hybrid diesel. I don't know. But no, I don't know about our our market. I know they had a diesel. I know they had a hybrid. I could Google it, but yeah, you it, guys it, can Google it too. Yeah, you can. But no, no I think that uh, in our market, currently only trucks are diesels right now. I can't think of a diesel car that exists in the Wrangler. United States. Which is I, a Jeep. It's a Jeep. Yeah. I, I don't consider that a car. Really. Yeah, and Escalade, right? Tahoe. You can get those with the with Yeah, but those are those are trucks. trucks. Yeah. So yes. where are we talking about them in the car park? I know, seriously. <laughs> well, I think one of the reasons why is because this is cross pollination. These vehicles appeal to car people and truck people. Yeah. Sure. And we always um, had a hard time figuring out, what, out what, if this goes on car or truck. Right. And th- this particular one, because I think that this really does kind of fish into both bowls. 
Um, you are talking about one, two, three different vehicles that are on this list that I can see that will be using uh, as an option a straight six diesel, a, a diesel we love. Yeah, it's a fan, the Duramax straight six diesel is one of the best out there. I've said it a million times, and I'll say it a million more. It's wonderful, but. There are also V8s, there's twin turbocharged V6s on this list, and there's a twin turbocharged V6 hybrid on this list. All right, so so let's talk about the new Navigator. The 2022 is pretty fresh. I went to uh, Phoenix. That was like last week, right? Yeah, to test drive it, exactly. Uh, And um, uh, Ford uh, basically gave it a facelift, uh, and they gave it some new colors, some new Mm -hmm. options, some new wheels. uh, basically, the, the vehicle, I'll go over the notes here, has a 440 horsepower, 3.5 liter twin turbo V6, mm-hmm. uh, 10-speed automatic, tows um, 8,700 pounds with a base price of about 90000 uh, and it's one of the most, according to your notes, powerful and luxurious vehicles in its class. And I'm not wrong about the powerful part. No, I, I was actually driving the... Uh, uh, the Manhattan Black Label, yeah, Black Label, which was this beautiful green color with this really cool. And there's a there's a walk around video over at TFL mm-hmm. Car, or just go to TFL-Studios.com where we put up all of our videos. Anyway, uh, so uh, you know, the, the thing about this vehicle is um, the styling is kind of mid-century modern. So imagine like. Uh, what was that show with the ad agency? What, what was that one called? <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. The ad agency with the with the guy with, with oh uh, Mad the Mad Men. Yeah, oh, that and, yeah. So that's mid-century modern. Okay, right. So that's the vibe they're going for. So they're right? going for that that skinny 1950s ties, late yeah. uh, early 1960s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got gotcha. you. Skinny ties, skinny suits. The know, way I dress daily. The way yeah, the way we don't dress at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cigarette in one hand, right. martini in the other. I try for that, but I can't pull it off. I'm married. So um, that, that's mid-century modern, right? No, I get I, you. I believe. And so. Um, it's very American. It's a very American form of luxury. Uh, obviously, competes with some of the other cars that we'll be talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was astoundingly getting like 18 MPG driving it from Phoenix to Payson. If you think about the size of this vehicle and the fact that it weighs... Three rows. Yeah, three rows is a full-size truck. It's a big it's yeah. a big boy. Yeah, and this is... Did you drive the uh, L model or did you drive... I drove both of them. But okay, the one dr- where I got the fuel economy wasn't the long one. It was okay. just a regular one. But, the, but you know... It's, 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 it's probably a, within yeah, pretty it's like, close. Yeah, it's like that. You know, holding up my hand, it's like a big musky size difference. <laughs> okay. Well, the point is is that, that that's pretty impressive for a gas engine. Uh, EcoBoost has come a long way from the early days yeah. to where it, it wasn't very efficient. Now it's much more efficient. I, I, I think the, the part that really makes it efficient is right here, the 10 speed, right? Yep. It gives it a lot more range and it makes it, you know, much more, almost like almost like infinite overdrive in some yeah, ways. Yeah, and, and super, super smooth between shifts yeah. from what I've been uh, told. Um, and I, now I, I get the, the whole um, design ethic in terms of what they were saying, but I don't see the Lincoln Continental that I love so much in this. Yeah, it's a little, you know, so I'll give you the good or the bad. Okay, please. Which would you rather have first? Yeah, bad first. Uh, so it's, it's a little bit like that dude at Thanksgiving dinner who should have pushed himself away from the table, you know, like two helpings ago. <laughs> so you were at my Thanksgiving last year, huh? <laughs> that was a comment, by the way, that somebody wrote down on my video. So that, yeah. I didn't come up with it. I can't take okay. credit for it. But it's a, it's a fair comment. Yeah. It's a little it's a little on the... on the Bloated? On the bloated side, yeah. yeah. I mean, everything is big and... Voluptuous, and you know the seats. Mm. I think the seats have eighty different ways of adjusting themselves. I've heard a lot of people absolutely oh. love them, though. Did you like the seats? Didn't you? 
once you figured out the 90 different or 80 different things you yeah, had to so, do? Yeah, so what you can do is obviously, you know, figure it out. Then you've got the little touchpad where you can have your own user preference. So right. once you get it comfortable. But getting it comfortable, dude. <laughs> it takes a while. Right, because not only does, like, you know, the side bolsters, right, yeah. but, but also the back not just does this, but then there's another cushion in front of the back so not only like reclines but then it also kind of like folds forward it, oh. does, you understand what I'm saying yeah so yeah yeah pulls it, so something pushes forward, forward yeah. yeah where your back is so the seat entire seat folds forward and then there's a cushion that also folds forward <laughs> and then you've got the coolest thing about it is you got those um, uh, thigh supports you know yeah. how, you know how on, on like European cars you pull them out yeah well, th these are two of them they're two separate so they roll out so you can individually control your thigh support. So if so, you've got one leg that's shorter than the other. Which I actually score. do. <laughs> so I, I get it. I totally get it. Um, I think that's that's cool. And it, You know, you, it's a seat game and then it's an electronics game. And there's always, you know, you, the, the contest is always going to be that way, right? I look at this vehicle from the outside. I, I Aesthetics are really important to me. And I think of it as I like the grill. A lot of chrome. Yeah, I like I like what they did with the grill because it does remind me of the older cars, but that's it. Everything else is just kind of a little too Ford Expedition-ish for me. Fair enough. Yeah, and so the other thing they did, uh, which was interesting, is they took uh, wood, which you'd expect, real yeah, wood. Yeah, real wood. And then the, for the first time ever in history, that's what Ford says, they laser etched like you'd have a dark piece of wood and then it laser etched into that wood, like the wood that is, you know, in the front of the passenger uh, uh, dashboard, right? Uh -huh. the, like if you've, got, if you've got the Manhattan package, you know, the Central Park package, you've got Central Park topographical Mac lasered etched into this wood. Really? So if you look down, you can see like the park. And right, the right. And, you know, it's funny because I, I remember Jeep doing that years ago with uh, hood ornaments. It's like and, a thing now. And then decorations. So, so the Hummer EV does that. They, yeah. Like the Hummer EV, because it's like, it, you can only get it in white, right? Right. It's a space shot, so they like put the topography of the moon into the floor mat and into the material of the mm -hmm. truck. This, then they took wood and laser etched. Like, so maybe their, their point of it being the first is doing it with wood. Perhaps or laser etching, yeah. Or laser, yeah. okay. I, I, I don't know, man. It, you know, it's it's a nice touch. It, they want it to be exclusive. I totally get that. And then and then it's got a push button transmission, which you know I can't stand. Uh, yeah. But a lot of people are doing that. In fact, half the vehicles on this list do that. And here's the part that that I really didn't like. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, plenty of room. Actually, plenty of room in the back seat mm -hmm. and plenty of room in the way back seat. So it's big. Yeah. Uh, but here's the crazy part. So remember, like a lot of these vehicles had a standard low range. Yeah. This doesn't have a standard low range. Oh, it doesn't even have standard locking diffs. It's you can get it all wheel drive, but you have to get the right package. So you got to get like the black series, which can get up to like one hundred and twenty thousand mm -hmm. dollars. And then there's no way to engage low range or lockers. The only way that you can do that is if you have it. If you've got the higher end spec, uh -huh. then you've got those Ford uh, different uh, terrain management modes, right? So if you engage like slippery, it might engage the locker. You know what I mean? Or maybe, oh, I see maybe, what you're maybe, saying. You know what I mean? It, so it's feeding power differently based on what you decide based, to choose. Yeah, based on the on the, on the the terrain management mode. Yeah. So you have no way. First of all, you don't know. You know, it, you have to ask and you have to look on the Monroney to see if you actually have the low range. Right. Or the lock, locking. Actually, not even a locker. It's got limited slip. Okay. So some of them don't even have limited slip. Some of them are just four-wheel drive open diffs. Okay. And then if you get the right one, you might get... All-wheel drive with close with uh, limited diffs, and mm -hmm. then if you get the really right one, you might have all-wheel drive with limited uh, slip diffs with a low range. But there's no way to engage it. Like I say, you have you have to know what drive mode. 
Okay, so I found I, that very confusing. Yeah, it's it's confusing just hearing about it. So yeah. the bottom line is that if you wanted to get an actual four by four version of this, that you would actually take it off road occasionally. Get the get the Explorer Timberline. Oh, Explorer Timberline <laughs> or um, um, excursion Timberline. Expedition, expedition. expedition Timberline. Yeah, Timberline. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that that makes total sense. Yeah. yeah, don't don't get the Lincoln. I think they're thinking this is a. A truck for the city. Not yeah, a truck. it sounds like all-wheel drive would make total sense. And there are other automakers that do that with all-wheel drive. Uh, we've actually had experience with an old Escalade that had all-wheel drive. Yeah. And that's going to be a lot more, uh, far more prevalent on a feature thing we're doing, which is called Go Big. TFL's Go Big, I should yep. say. Um, and that's coming up in the near future. And up, up yeah. on truck. Yeah, that's our next... Uh, series it's season three in our no pavement needed yep so anyway um so that's that's kind of the navigator you know uh it's not inexpensive it's big it's uh luxurious it's powerful uh, mm. and it's uh, not an off-roader i would say no it's not now let's talk about its direct competitor which i think is the cadillac escalade esv all right what about it uh, now that one is 227 inches whereas in the navigator is 221 and that's the l yep so it's a lot still a bigger vehicle the l the navigator l that is that 221 on the l and the navigator yeah. Yeah, okay all right so it's a little bit bigger six inches yeah it's it's bigger yeah. 420 horsepower and that comes from the 6.2 liter v8 we yeah. had a lot of experience with it it's a solid engine it uh, but not as powerful as the one that Ford has. Uh, but you can also get that 3-liter I6 diesel, which makes 277 horsepower. Bear in mind, very, very torquey powertrain. Um, maximum towing, 7,500 pounds. And the base price for the Cadillac is $79,295. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously, yeah. you're never going to get that. Yeah. Um, and it is currently the Escalade for years has been the best-selling Cadillac Cadillac builds yeah and in the very near future they've already announced we already know it's coming a powerful V version is coming we don't know what the output is but it's supposed to be a beast with a supercharger yeah so you know my take on the Escalade is uh, it's probably the best Cadillac you could buy because okay. it, it represents a different kind of American luxury right it's not mid-century mid-century modern or whatever the heck mm -hmm. that design is it's more uh, art and science right that's the design theme but mm. let's face it it's just big bold and like in your face I was it really at, is in your face I was just at the airport uh, waiting to get it picked up and the guy said he was driving uh, well, we'll get to this in a second a Yukon but then a bunch of black Cadillacs came by and with mm. that light strip going down the side it's it's pretty like it's like the the, the, the car that like the gangsta would drive or Full would on. be driven in, yeah. Yeah, or, or, or the celebrity. Or the rapper, or... Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. It, it feels like it's... It's got rock star status. Yeah, it, it screams, look at me, yeah. but but don't look at me too close. Yeah, yeah I, I get look that. Look at me, but you can't see me. But, but you can't see me with <laughs> these I'm tinted windows. Because I'm hiding behind the, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Cadillac definitely has a lot more presence, and that, that, that V8 burble is, is, is addictive. It sounds amazing. But it only totals 7,500 pounds. Yeah, and I think that has to do with the fact that it's a full luxury vehicle loaded with heavy, heavy leathers and electronics and everything else so it doesn't tow as well as say it's baby brother it, it feels more modern than the um navigator i would say it mm. feels a little bit more like uh, in tune with the current aesthetic mm -hmm. uh i would say uh that it also uh is a little bit more sinister yeah i would agree you know what i mean yeah uh, and in terms of opulence it does have this giant screen remember you can get you can get yeah, it with this all the way across. across all the way across and it uh, both actually, uh, I I can't talk about this, but Lincoln's got this thing called Active Glide, which is their version of 
uh, autonomous, I, I shouldn't use the word autonomous, but kind of self-driving where you're geo-fenced on certain highways. Oh, okay. I wonder if that's does, similar does to... Well, I saw naughty. It just sounds it, naughty to me. There's a lot of things that sound naughty, uh, but I do agree four, that does... Four calls there is Blue, Blue, uh, Blue Cruise. Blue Cruise, yes. And then they decided to make an active glide with Lincoln. Why wouldn't you just keep it Blue Cruise? Because they want to separate Ford, which is known as the Blue Oval. But it's the same thing. It's the same. I, I agree exactly 100%. I'm just technology. telling you. But see, Cadillac and GM, they are together with the word Super Cruise, and there's going to be an Ultra Cruise coming out soon. Okay. So, uh, and Cadillac, or actually General Motors, does trounce uh, Ford slash Lincoln with that Super Cruise system. Andre and I just did a podcast about that, by the way. Yeah. Which should be out about the time you guys are hearing this. So Ford's active glide, Lincoln's active glide, is $500. Mm. How much is GM's? I cannot tell you. I do not know. I know it's part of packages, though. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just don't have the price which, in my which, head. Which seems um, just shockingly cheap when you compare it to Tesla's <laughs> full self-driving, which is 12000 And I'm not talking about Tesla's full self-driving beta. I'm just talking about Tesla's full self-driving. Right. And the difference between that. So we should talk about yeah, that, sure. right? So, like, like the Lincoln and the Cadillac have uh, both um, lane centering uh, and proximity cruise control. So basically, you can you can tell the thing to stay in its lane, yep. and then you can tell it to stay a certain distance away from the car in front. Wh- which is right. sort of like the the basis of a lot of vehicles. Right, have a lot that. of vehicles have that, but mm-hmm. that's not active glide. No, no. So, and that's not. That's like autopilot on a Tesla. Yeah. Right? Now, full self-driving, which would be the equivalent of kind of sort of of auto guide and Blue Cruise and GM. What's, what's GM's? Super Cruise. Super Cruise, yeah. Basically, the car will drive itself. So you can take your hands off the wheel mm-hmm. and you can take your foot off the accelerator or right. the brake. And then the car will drive itself uh, on on like a I highway. S- on a highway. It, like I say, it's fenced, right? Yeah, yeah. Geofenced. You can only go in certain And they're parts. also mapped. And they're also mapped. Yeah. 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 In, the, in the parts that are mapped, then you can drive it. And that's uh, for the big difference is, is that uh, with Ford's, Lincoln's, that system works with the vehicle specifically, whereas in with GM's, you can tow and do Yeah, you it. can also tow. Have a right. Tow. So you and, can't do that with Ford's. And Tesla does the same thing with full self-driving, except uh-huh. now there's full self-driving beta, which works everywhere. But according to a lot of videos online, it doesn't work very well everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it passes out, and there have been some few crashes, too, and whatnot. But the system is remarkable, and they are changing the algorithm of it, and they're using cameras instead of radar or radar instead of cameras. So, they're doing these changes with so, Tesla. So, so here's I, I used Active Glide, mm-hmm. uh, and here's here's my takeaway, right? Please. So the way Active Glide works is, uh, and the same with GMs, right? Uh, it monitors your eyes. Among so, other things, yeah. Yeah, so as long as your eyes are on the road and not on, a, like, a device texting mm-hmm. or, you know, looking at your wife with uh, and, and passion. And yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> as long as they're on the road, right, mm-hmm. or your girlfriend, uh, boyfriend, whatever it is, yeah. uh, it, 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 lets, it lets you, if, if your eyes are wandering for whatever reason, then it warns you, and then eventually it says, nope, you got to drive the vehicle yourself. Right, and that also has to do with other types of input as well. So it monitors whether or not you've touched the steering wheel, am I correct? No, you can keep your hands off the steering Completely wheel. Completely off, off the steering, steering wheel. wheel. Okay. Yeah, so that's, that's why I said it's like full self-driving. Okay. So basically with... Uh, lane keep, right? Mm-hmm. You have what I call a steering wheel nanny. Mm-hmm. So if you have a car with lane keep, it'll drive itself, but you have to keep your hands on the wheel. Right. Right. So if you t- and same thing with with uh, Tesla's autopilot. If you take your hand off the wheel, it yells at you. It it nags you to put your hands back on. And the then wheel. eventually it'll just and shut it itself off. With 
the next level of autonomy, you can keep your hands off the wheel, but then you get the eye nanny. Mm-hmm. Right, so if your eyes aren't on the road, it, it's it yell nags you. you and yells at you, and, and and both of those I find very uh, uh, intrusive. Yeah, uh, just not fun to use. Okay, just they're just not fun to use because look, I think humans are really good at paying attention, and we're really good at not paying attention. Okay, we're really bad at kind of that in between, which is what the vehicle is asking you to do, to kind of kind of pay attention, right? Where you're sitting there. Uh, and the car is driving itself, but you still have to be paying attention. I'll, I'll tell you, the where, nanny. yeah, I, I got you there. And Andre and I, as a, we, we did discuss this, uh, and one thing that uh, I, I mentioned, which I think would be valuable with most systems, when I'm talking on the phone, and it's usually it's always hands free, right? Right. Um, there are times to where I might wander a little bit, in my thoughts, and so driving and talking at the same time, not the best combination. But if I were on autopilot going cross-country, let's say, and just letting the car take care of it, and somebody was talking to me, let's say my wife, and she's yelling at me, which would be nothing new, um, I would probably be pretty cool about being in this total, you know, idle mode and still looking ahead, especially when I say, honey, I'm losing attention. The car is correcting me. I have to go. (laughs) You see where that goes? Yeah, see, it works really well that way. But I do agree that this is a weird zone we're in right now with autonomy, I personally would love the thing where it's either no autonomy or all autonomy. Yeah, you know we're what good I mean? at where I hit attention. a button and say, "Just take me home." We're not paying attention. Right, we're really bad at that, and we're right now we're in that weird middle space. Yeah, and you've got now you got steering wheel nannies and eye nannies, and it's just no fun. It's just it's just super stressful, right? Because because the idea of the car driving itself is you can just relax, right? That's right. What, that's what's in your head. You're like, "Hey, I can just relax. I can check my email." No, you can't. You, you can just sit there. And at that point, I'd rather just drive it myself. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm going to have to pay attention to the road in such a way that every two and a half seconds something beeps at me or yells or you know a light shines at me i'll just drive yeah i like long distance driving so i don't mind doing it but i, I as i said I, there are a couple times where i can see this being valuable but you know where it really works in, mm. in stop and go traffic yeah because that's no fun right when yeah just, that's and, and then the car just kind of kind of locks on the car in front of you yeah as long as you're paying attention and, and it keeps the distance and everything else fine yeah yeah i agree i agree 100 percent. let's move on though um because we've covered those two quickly go over the chevy suburban the gmc yukon xl yeah, basically same, same things yeah yeah they're both the uh, 226 inches basically uh, base engine is a 350 uh, 355 horsepower 5.3 liter v8 which is not adequate for those uh, the one that is adequate is the 6.2 liter V8, or as we said before, inline six, that inline diesel. six diesel is fantastic for it. Uh, Ten-speed automatic transmission, maximum towing, 7,800 pounds. Yeah, plenty for most people. Yeah, I would big, agree. Big boat, big camper. Yeah. Now, by the way, when we're mentioning maximum towing, often it's dealing with the rear drive versions of these trucks, and not the all-wheel drive. Right. All-wheel drive tends to lower the numbers, and usually the larger engine tends to lower the numbers too because of weight. Um, this is, st- this is still the leading uh, SUV in all of the SUVs that are on this list, and that's because it's a Suburban. And Suburbans are just super popular, and they always have been, and they may continue to be because they recently were seriously redone. So a couple um, things that people may be wondering, how do these three compare? When I say three, I mean Escalade, Suburban, Yukon, and mm. Navigate to each other. Uh, there's a couple like key features. First of all, the Suburban and the Yukon have a low range, mm-hmm. right? Or they have four auto, so yeah, yeah, those, no, they have, they have low ranges, right? Yeah, which is you know a little bit different than the Navigator. They also have air suspension in the back, 
which is cool. Or oh, available air suspension. Does Lincoln Navig- Navig- does not have air You're suspension. You're kidding. No. For that money, it doesn't no. have air suspension? No, no. So Holy only cow. in the back on the on the Suburban and GMC. But nevertheless, it's good because it gives you a softer ride. Oh, yeah. It stops you from, you know, from it, squat. Actually, I think... I think you can get full air suspension. I thought it was full, full air suspension. Yeah, because I know that the... Uh, the Tahoe does. The Tahoe definitely has it because you can raise it. Yeah, the yeah, Tahoe yeah. Yukon definitely have it. Yeah, so uh, that is... And, and I know the Cadillac has uh, four-corner suspension. Yeah. So I'm really surprised that, this, that the... No. Are you sure the Navigator does? Yes, 100%. Holy cow. Uh, when they told me, I was like, you sure? Like, just like, <laughs> they're like, yeah. I know. Wow, that's strange. Yeah. Coil well, springs, dude. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, Ford knows what they're doing. I know it has a nice ride. I've heard from you and other people that uh, it's, it's a nice riding yeah, vehicle. You know, there's five tire combinations, and I think four of them are 22s, wheel tire well, combinations. That's really big. Yeah, yeah. that's big. And that kind of takes some of the spring out of your yeah, uh, steps. Yeah, it does, that exactly. Okay, well, um, so let's, speaking of the, uh, let, let, uh, let's, Ford can actually regain some uh, some face here with their Ford Expedition Max. Yep. That's a very different vehicle. We than just did a video on that from the Chicago Auto Show. Really? Yeah, okay. Me so, and Andre did a walk around. Um, it is 221 inches long. That's the Max version. And there's three different powertrains. And I was a little confused about this, but it's 380 horsepower is the base powertrain. Once again, twin turbocharged 3.5 liter V6 is all of these are. 400 horsepower, or the HO puts out 440 horsepower, but I believe they're trim dependent. I want to say it's the it's the Raptor engine, right? Yeah, the, the yeah. four, four yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it it this is based on trim, yeah. 10 speed automatic transmission, maximum towing, can go up to 9,300 pounds, but that's with the non-max version with two wheel drive, so not the long one. The long one is 9,000 pounds, which is still really good. And the base price is $66,295. And i got to tell you, every expedition I've driven over the past five years has surprised me. Yeah, I liked it. I actually liked it a lot. Uh, you know, given the choice between that and the Navigator, I'd go for that. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah, yeah I would. It's cheaper. And, and, uh, and they have that new off-roady one, right? Right. They have the Timberline Edition, which is definitely, you know, the one I'd go for. So yeah. if you want one that actually goes off-road and has the off-road goodies and go for the Ford Expedition Timberline. Which we will hopefully be getting here at TFL at some yeah, point Yeah, we'd love time. to review it, yeah. And yeah. there's also an Explorer Timberline. Yeah, yeah. I, I want both, and I want them here, and I want them here now. So, Ford, <laughs> if you're listening, please. Uh, we love you. Okay, so, uh, but that that is a pretty good vehicle all around. And we took one to Moab, even, and that had the FX4 package, I believe, and that did fine. It did really well. Uh, I really did I do wish it had a solid locker, but it, you know, so what? It 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 does it does well. Um, how about we move over to Infinity? What do you think? Yeah, the Happy Hippo. <laughs> yeah, yeah the QX. They just refreshed it. Yeah. Four hundred horsepower, five point six liter V eight out of the Titan, of course, right? Yeah. Uh, seven speed automatic, max towing eighty five hundred, base price seventy thousand. Uh, surprisingly popular, right? In California, Beverly Hills. Yeah. Uh, uh, and um, it's a, it's kind of one of these. Uh, I'm going to call it uh, niche vehicles, right? Mm-hmm. Where it fits into a certain niche uh, and into certain communities, but it's certainly not as popular in any shape, way, or form as like the Suburban or the oh, Yukon. Not even close. But what it is is a giant luxury vehicle that Infinity recently refreshed it and gave it a beautiful interior. So it's a very well-appointed interior. Yeah, and it, 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 it's the sister brother to the Armada, which yeah. we'll be talking about soon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then yeah, the, in terms of the underpinnings, they're Look, pretty much here, the same. Here's the thing. With this and the Lexus, right, which, well, which you just drove, so we can talk about that. Right. They're just not big enough, Nathan. Yeah. In this, in this, in this world, size matters. Width matters, length matters, towing matters, and I think the Japanese um, just have a hard time getting their mind around the fact that, that like, like the Escalade or the Lincoln Navigator are, are such 
freaking big. They're, they're buses. This is like, you know, like, a, like, yeah. a, like a half a school bus. Yeah, they're huge. Yeah. And uh, But the thing is, is that with the Infiniti and Nissan and uh, Toyota and Lexus, those vehicles are really the size of like the Yukon or the Tahoe. They're, they're, they're smaller size. They're closer to that. Yeah, look, so here's a question, okay? Yeah. At what point do you, you know, Jill, you know, she works with Tim, right? Yeah, Jill? yeah. Uh, so hello. Hi, Jill. How are you? Uh, you know, she does this thing like where does she fit, right? Where she, mm, she does yeah. what she kind of stole what you used to. Yeah, and it's all right. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I'm fine. Jill, before you did it, Nathan used to crawl into trunks. And, yeah, 12 years ago. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. When we were all thinner. <laughs> that's that's okay. Anyway, anyway it's okay. So continue. so the question is, you know, she's a, she's small of stature. She's like four foot eight. I think she's like five one. Okay. Anyway, but uh, everything around. looks short to you. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. She, 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 she's she's a shorter. Uh, young lady, uh-huh. uh, and um, the question is, you know, when when she gets in an Infinity QX80, and maybe Jill, if you are listening to this or watching, let us know in the comments below. Do you feel like the difference in size between the QX80 and, let's say, a Suburban is that much more important to you, where you feel like this is more manageable, or are they just both so big that they, that they overwhelm, like? You know your parking situation. So she lives in uh, the city of Chicago, right? Right. And how do you park? Maybe you can't park. I mean, that's suburban. You can barely park in your garage. Probably not. Probably not in most. Most. Yeah. But, but can you? Maybe, maybe the def- the defining feature is that you know the infinity is smaller, and so it becomes usable for city dwellers. I don't it, know. It may be. I do know that the seating position in all of these vehicles is very different. And actually, I think Jill would be much more comfortable driving an Infinity or the Nissan because those seats really do cater to shorter people. I, honestly, yeah. uh, that that I've seen personally. Uh, whereas in some of these other vehicles are perhaps a lot longer to get, you know, harder to get to the steering wheel, harder to reach the pedals. Fortunately, most of these have adjustable pedals and steering. So, uh, yeah, that, that could be one of the things. But on top of that, I do agree that there's a size differential that has never been made up by the Japanese. However, with that being said, I have a feeling, and we're going to come up to this one very soon, that the Japanese have recently cooked up a winner amongst these. Yeah, the Lexus LX600. Nope. I just Actually, nope. it's not the one. All right, which one? The Toyota Sequoia coming up. All right, well, let's get to the Lexus LX600. Yeah. <laughs> that, oh. that, I think, is going to be great, but well, I think the, the Sequoia is a better, uh, length, better idea. Uh, 210, which is a substantially no, the, small. No, the, the Lexus? Yeah, you said two, two, 201, sorry. Yeah, 201. 409 horsepower, twin mm-hmm. turbo V6, same as in the Tundra, 10-speed auto. Oh, well, it's the hybrid V6, first of all. Uh, Does that come standard with the hybrid V6? No. Oh. No, it comes with the regular. Okay. No hybrid, as far as I know. Okay. Uh, Twin turbo, I think it's coming, but not yet. So the the word is it might be coming. And the Sequoia is coming with, I know that for a fact. Yeah, but right now you get the same one that's in the Tundra. 10-speed automatic, base price 88,000, tows 8,000. And you're saying currently the closest we can get to an overseas Land Cruiser, which is true. Because it's based on that same chassis. So I just got to drive it. It's got all the off-road goodies. Yeah. So low range, air suspension. Lockers. Lock. I might, it might, 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 but might. it's got their modern crawl control. It's got, yeah, it's got Toyota's. What is that called? Uh, what is that called? A track. A track. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's got that. So which kind of kind of replaces lockers in a Toyota, um, and uh, or a Lexus, uh, and it can be had Nathan mm-hmm. in an ultra. I think it's called ultimate or ultra premium, which actually is a four seater. So you can have it with only four seats. You can have it in a two row with mm-hmm. four seats, uh, uh, a two row with five seats, or a three row with. Seven seats or a three-row with six seats. So you can go two, two, two. You can go two, two. You can go two, three, or you can go two, three, two. 
I'm so confused, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> you um, what yeah, saying? It's, it's, so it they have a lot of different configurations for it. Me too, but the ultra premium one is pretty crazy. Uh-huh. Those back seats are like you know like private jet seats where they recline, and you got uh, the little thing that comes up under your foot. And I want to say that gets up to like 140 or 50 thousand dollars. I'm sure it does. Kind of competes with the Range Rover Autobiography. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, it's a big old. Big old Lexus, not as big as a Suburban no. or an Escalade or right. a Navigator, but nevertheless, you know, uh, it's got that kind of button-down Toyota luxury. So you know, fine leather everywhere, real wood everywhere, right? Uh, and it's got Toyota's new infotainment system. So love it or hate it, you're gonna get it. Yeah, that new 14-inch screen. Yeah, big um, screen. Yeah, it's. Um, we've been we've been having uh, pros and cons with it. I just recently did a video on the uh, Toyota, sorry, the Lexus NX. Uh, 350, and it has that new screen as well. And I got to tell you, there's there's a lot of pros and there's a lot of yeah, cons. I hate, I hate the user. I don't want to log the into my uses, car. The user interface drives me crazy, and it does. And, it's not in, any it, manufacturer out there. Please, please don't make me log into my car. Simplify. God. Just just. Keep I hate it logging into my computer. Yeah. Or, my phone. Why are you making me log into my car? Yeah. I just want to just want to open the door. Push a button and drive. Yeah. Do I have to log in every time I want to go get some milk? It's just crazy. Yeah, I know. And and this this system was doing the same thing. And it's supposed to log you in with your phone, but half the time you may not have your phone, or, or you forget to or, turn your or Bluetooth on, or somebody else drives it, or somebody whatever. else drives it. Yeah. Or you, or you and your wife both have a log into it, so it's confused as to who's driving. Who just don't make me log into a car. That's my rant. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. Your rant is absolutely justified. It, it drove me crazy. I um I, I decided to try to get creative with the and settings. And it's just gonna get worse. You know why? Well, yeah, because it's a way of upselling you, right? Sure. Right. You want you want navigation. You, you want, want that subscription. You want a navigation. It's a subscription service. Yeah. You want remote start. It's a subscription service now. Just knock it off, please. Yeah, I I, I really do hope that we put the brakes on this soon, but it, it's up to the consumers to do that. And I have done a full review of it both on and off road. So once again, they're out there. Uh, go to TFL. Uh, I think off road would be off road, yeah. and car probably would be where the regular walk around is. Uh, they're they're uh, it's a, it's a it's a great vehicle. They'll sell every one of them, and it's very thirsty. Now we can quickly jump over this one <laughs> because it's the Nissan. Not as thirsty Ar- as it was. Yeah, Sorry. the Nissan Armada um, is basically the same a thing little, as the a QX80. Little stodgy. You know, well, they recently did stodgy. a little bit, but they they recently did a um, an upgrade where they yeah, they changed it. the front end and, uh, and the rear end. Stu- I found I found like it was a little stuffy, a little stodgy, a little like a little like what I imagined uh, like you know Tokyo uh, gangster would think is luxurious. Really? Yeah. I, no, I didn't think that at all. I actually thought it was something very much. A, a, I think a Canadian gangster would be like, yeah. <laughs> What, did it have Cana- like, Canadian. Canadian. Yeah. Are there such things? No. Do, do they, no Canadians, the Canadians are all nice. They're, they're all nice. Like, no. Mostly, you know, no I, just, I, I just felt like it would like, it would like it, okay, I, maybe that's not fair. I shouldn't say, you know, Canadian, uh, a Japanese gangster. I have no no clue what the Yakuza, Yakuza yeah. yeah, what they like. What no, they, no, no. I think I, they, I, you know what? I think they like those mm. crowns. In all the movies, they drive those Toyota Crowns, which are the coolest cars ever. Right. So I, I, I don't know, but let me let me kind of put it back in the realm of what I do know. Yeah. It, it, it is very traditionally luxurious. Yes, and that's quite what I nice. Mean. Traditionally yeah. luxurious, and it's a much better bargain than the Infinity. And I just don't understand why you would buy an Infinity over one of these because it's the same vehicle. Because you want a happy horsepower. hippo. You want to be. You want to show your neighbors that you. I, I guess it, it stands out a little bit more on the yeah. outside, and maybe that's part of it. But uh, same amount of horsepower, tows eighty five hundred pounds. But you can the base price of the Armada. It's one of the better values here, forty-eight thousand dollars. Also very thirsty. Yeah, very very thirsty, and it comes with the seven-speed like its brother, which is unusual because they do have a nine-speed in the family with the Titan. But that's a whole different story. Four hundred horsepower, five point six liter V eight out of a 
Titan, obviously. It's, yeah. It's a, it's a great engine, but, you know, it feels like 10 years ago. It, it, it's a very old vehicle, and the rumor has it that they're going to be replacing that with uh, some sort of hybrid in the future. That's so, what we're hearing. Speaking of the hybrid, Toyota Sequoia, 437 yeah. horsepower. It's, it's available with that twin turbo right now, but there is a V6 hybrid coming. No, 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 no. It, the Sequoia available? is only coming. As a hybrid? Yeah, as a hybrid. That I know for sure. Um, what they did is they simplified the Sequoia. Now, we don't know the pricing on the Sequoia. Uh, it, it, we haven't driven it yet. We've had a chance to do they videos with it. it. Yeah. Right. And Andre's been at those. That's on TFL Truck and TFL Now. And maybe, oh, we talked about it on TFL Talk. So Max towing 9,000 pounds, which is way up there. Uh, yeah. Uh, it has a twin turbocharged 3.5 liter V6 hybrid 10-speed automatic transmission. Only available with the hybrid, just like the TRD off-road for the Tundra. Same thing. can only get it with the hybrid. Um, it is expected to have... A starting price in the $50,000 zone, but we have no idea where it's going to go from there. And the Sequoia is expected to fill the void that was left behind from the Land Cruiser and yeah, other vehicles. Yeah. Once again, There's a reason, though. Once again, Nathan, I am completely befuddled by that decision. And we've said this before, yeah. right, to lose the Land Cruiser. In a market that is starving, that is addicted to crossovers and SUVs, why would you get rid of the most well-known, most... I think interesting nameplate you have, and if 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 like if we lived in a world right now where let's say the uh, four door sedan were on fire, mm-hmm. okay, I get it. Yeah, everybody wants a four door sedan, right? Yeah. Everybody loves a four door sedan, but everybody loves crossovers and SUVs, SUVs yeah. and then they got rid of the most popular one. Yeah, I know, and uh, I so say pop- mo- most. Popular in terms of like name recognition. Name recognition. I agree with the name part, uh, but uh, simply put, the reason why they got rid of it from our market is pretty simple. They couldn't get the return on their investment they have been getting. They've been making right. major changes. So redesign it. I agree. Rebranded. As a matter of fact, they should have just taken it. the Sequoia, changed the front end, and I put it and said, "Oh, this is the new Land Cruiser." Yeah, exactly. Um, F- so find a new way. Keep to, the name. Yeah. Is the point. Uh, I know it makes. It's like when they got rid of the FJ. It's like when the, when Nissan got rid of the Xterra. Somebody at Nissan who got rid of the Xterra should be taken to the woodshed and like be, read the right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah. Right, you are Roman. Right, you are on that. Jimmy. One. You know that uh, <laughs> off-roading and overlanding are really popular right now. I do. Well, then, Jimmy, why do we get rid of our biggest and most popular and most, you know, uh, I would say with the aftermarket, right, biggest mm. supported uh, off-roader? Uh, because nobody wanted the exterior? No, and, and you know it's going to, the people are going to say platform, which was part of it, and safety, which is part of it. And there's a bunch of other things, but they never brought it backwards, the issue. So the Sequoia, the cool thing about that is that the Sequoia is going to have a solid rear axle. I don't think any of these other vehicles on this list have that. Um, so it, unlike its brother, the um, the Lexus, I guess you could say, or the you know, Lexus, um, it has a solid rear axle directly out of the Tundra, and it's a cheaper vehicle to build because currently the current Sequoia is very expensive to build. Some of it's handmade. They're going to be building this at the same plant that they're building Tundras at, so they yeah, share a lot yeah, of components. Yeah, I think they're moving. Like, so Tacoma Texas. and the Tundra were built in San Antonio, and I think mm. they're moving some of the production of the Tacoma to Mexico, right? Some of it's going to Mexico. And then the, then the Sequoia is going to be built. Right, in Texas. Tund- in Texas and San Antonio. That's right. what I believe. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting vehicle. I actually like the looks of it better than the Tundra. I think it's a better-looking vehicle. And some of the numbers are really impressive. I think, I think it works. That front, that big mall works better for some reason. Well, it's not quite as big. For one mm. thing, they cut it down with a different bumper in the front. And the head. Yeah, just a couple little tweaks made it, I think, better-looking. Uh, still no tow hooks. So, you know, curse you, Toyota, without the tow hooks. I don't understand. But in terms of the rest of the numbers here, they look really impressive. 
Hey, by the way, speaking of the tundra, you know, Andre just towed with it down to Arizona because mm-hmm. we're doing a project called uh, Chargezilla. That's Charge? once again Nathan came up with that name. Hey, that's me. Yeah, that's Nathan. Uh, so we're taking that F one hundred and we're electrifying it with our partners down there. It's um, going to be a huge series. Yeah, it's our most ambitious. But because we've been towing so much with the tundra, we're almost at our uh, at our ten thousand when we let them go. Oh, we're going to be very close to that. So we've only had right. it for like what three months now, but we're going to hit ten thousand really quickly. Yeah, we and, just hit five thousand last. Yeah, now we're going weeks to be ago. now we're going to be at like seven because we're going cross country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so if you guys are interested, if anybody's interested in buying our Tundra, it's going to be up for sale. I know vehicles are really hard to to get. Ask a TFL truck. Uh, it's got, it's red, it's mm-hmm. delimited, uh, and uh, let us know if you're interested. There's a couple of videos out there on it. You might be able to learn a little bit about it. <laughs> also, couple, yeah. uh, but I think that uh, it's going to be uh, about a month probably before we are able to sell it. Pretty maybe. soon, yeah. I mean, we're pretty much, you know, and we've got, we hopefully have some other trucks coming. I don't want to talk about them. No, nope, can't do that. Because I don't know if we're going to get them. That's why we don't want to yeah, talk about so, them. So, um, you know, it's time, I think, to say adieu. Normally we keep them much longer, but we've, we've hit Put a lot of miles, miles on, on a shorter amount of time. Exactly. Yeah. So, so let us know if you're interested. Uh, please don't lowball us. We know what it's worth. Yeah. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> yeah, done it, done it. If, if we want to do that, we can go to Vroom and, or Carvana uh, and get, you know, get, you know, <laughs> seriously. I'll give you 40000 for it. I'll give you five, you know, no. Yeah, please. Please don't. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we would really appreciate it if you didn't send us emails just asking questions about it and then not actually responding because that happened to me when I was trying to sell that blazer. Right, just watch the video. If you have any questions, watch the <laughs> just video. Just watch the video. There you yeah, go. Yeah, there. And look, we know, like I said, we know what it's worth, and we have to take that money and turn it into another, another vehicle. Another vehicle. So you know, we're not we're not uh, going to be making a profit off of it. We just want to put it back to work, uh, making more reviews and more videos of different trucks because I don't know how many more videos we can do with the Tundra. I think it's we've done about everything. Yeah, uh, and you know, and there's other products out there to be bought, and there's other products coming out, and we got, you know, we're yeah. gonna try to keep our, our uh, fleet fresh. Yeah, it's like you know, the lifeblood of any new car company is new product. The mm-hmm. lifeblood of any reviewing site is new vehicles. Yep. All right, the last one on our list, Nathan, Jeep Wagoneer and the Grand Wagoneer, 214 inches, so it's a little bit shorter uh, than uh, some of the others. It's well. It's a little bit shorter than some, but a little bit longer than others. It's actually longer than Next the. Next page. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit longer than the, um, both uh, the Armada and the um, Lexus. So it's got, it's got Lexus. two two powertrains, both of which are relatively thirsty. Three hundred eighty-two horsepower, five point seven liter V eight for the yep. Wagoneer, and then four hundred seventy-one in the big old Hemi, six point four liter V eight, eight speed automatic, max towing, dude, ten thousand if configured. That is the most. That is like. That is crazy. It's a beast. It's, a, it's, it's by far the most. And I got to tell you that that I was so disappointed when I first saw pictures of it. But yep. seeing it in person and driving like it. it, I liked it a lot more. It's one of my favorite luxury SUVs. But... Base price, 59 for the Wagoneer, 88 but you'll never see them for that. Like no, the you'll series, never. The um, Series 3 Wagoneers are over 100K easy. The interior design is phenomenal. The driving Most comfort. screens of any vehicle? Yeah, it's seven, just ridiculous. Seven screens in Something the Something to that effect. Just, yeah, I mean, there's going to be a screen that's mounted on your butt at one point in time. <laughs> and and the thing about these 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 vehicles um, with, 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 from Jeep, they, they Jeep was like, oh, they're not a Jeep. Yes, they're a Jeep. And we already made the argument with several videos we put out. And they perform like Jeeps. We took one off-road, and it did really well, remarkably well, with that adjustable air suspension. At the end of the day, this is essentially something that's about the same size as a Tahoe, but it is very, very luxurious yep. and smooth. And yeah, Jeep, I, I'm, I, Jeep took it to the next level. They really did. So wow. it almost feels like if there were a Lincoln version of Jeep, this is where that should fall. 
Um, I would say yes. I would also say, I would argue that I've been in, in the Bentega before. And you think I, it's as good as the Bentega? It, it's as good as the Bentega. Wow. And I, I will put money on that. I think you're right. I think, in I, terms of interior yeah. appointments and all that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, once again, air suspension. Oh, just a creamy, smooth ride. ride. It, it's got, you know, Uconnect 5.0, which is actually really good. It's a pretty good system, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's, uh, you know, it's over the top. It's incredible. It, it really is. But it's, it's still one of those things where I'd be utterly terrified, even if I had the money to afford one. I'd be utterly terrified to take it off-road. The other thing about it is um, I was talking to G, uh, Jim Morrison, mm-hmm. and I felt like, you know, I have to be a little critical, right? That's my job. So, mm-hmm. Jim, I'm sorry, but it feels a little um, little old manny. And I say that because I had one, and an old man came up to me. Yeah. <laughs> right, that's a fine-looking vehicle you got there, Sean. <laughs> exactly, like with the golf clubs. <laughs> it was oh, like yeah, the, whole, the whole kit and caboodle. <laughs> wow, that reminds me of my 58 Cadillac. So I was, I was telling Jim, you know, maybe you like try like bamboo. You know what I mean? You know, instead of like fine, uh, you know, wood, try something different. Try making it bamboo or, you know, like, I think Tesla did that right, right? Where they came up with very luxurious materials that were all vegan and were all natural. They did a really good yeah. job of that. I'll give them credit on yeah, that. Yeah, so I think sure. modern luxury could be uh, green. It doesn't have to be like, you know. Why like, would you do green in a 6.4 liter V8? Now, the point, point is in the future that we'll have the 4 by E version of it. That's where you want to put the green in there, right? <laughs> yeah, the Grand Wagoneer uh, hopefully is coming in that. I know that the uh, Grand uh, Cherokee yeah, just, that is got, for sure. just got um, you know, the thumbs up on that. So that should be out any day now. Yeah. Uh, by the way, great vehicle if you want to go green and you want uh, to save money because you do get that tax credit because you yeah. can drive it. Uh, I think it's that one is, I think, 21 miles of all electric range, if I recall. Right. The Jeep is 20. No, maybe the Jeep's 21 and that one's 28. One of the two. Uh, you mean the Wrangler? The, the Wrangler might be... It's 21, I think. And this one might be 28. One of, it's, it's one of the other. That I, sounds about right because yeah. the Wrangler's just super heavy. Yeah, and it's got those big knobby tires. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and we've actually done uh, uh, loops with them and off-road too in all-electric mode. So but, you should check those videos out. But it's good to see, you know, that, that Jeep is, you know, now... Playing with the big boys. Mm-hmm. What I mean by big, I mean big ass SUV boys. Big ass SUVs. It's not as big as a full blown suburban though, or the um, you know the big L version of the Lincoln or the Max version of the uh, Escape or Escape. You know what I mean? Yeah, Excursion. I know. What you mean. So, so the question is, um, Nathan, which of these you know, if you had 100K, would you buy? Jeep. Okay, fair. Just, just there. I mean, and you know what? It's it. It would be the Jeep and then the Cadillac, or yeah. the Jeep and the suburban. Um, that's kind of where I'd go. But if I wanted to save money, then I think the Nissan Armada. Mm. It's a hell of a good deal for the money compared to these other ones. It's way cheaper, and it gives you a lot of stuff for the money. Yeah, I'd probably go with the, the Chevy um, probably just because um, – actually, I would probably go with the Ford Expedition Matt because there's a Timberline version of it. And while I do appreciate and admire the Wagoneer, mm. it's just very expensive. You know, and so to me, uh, the Ford Expedition Max it gets you all of this, gets you the off-roady stuff, and mm. it's still relatively affordable. I, as I say, you were at, if I had the money, you know, right. that's what I would but th- do. Th- this number, eighty-eight thousand for the Grand Wagon, is very deceptive because they're, they're most of them are like Series Two or Series. You're going to be a hundred grand deep, yeah. pretty much. Uh, but you know, it's so you're going to be a hundred grand deep with a lot of these other ones too. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, or you know, you can never go wrong with like uh, a Tahoe. With the air suspension, as, right? Yeah. We just had that here as well. Yeah. Uh, actually, you know, I, I, let me let me back up. I, I was first, yes, the Jeep, but yeah. my second choice would actually be the GMC Yukon with the diesel. Because I took that across country, and I adored it with the, that, that diesel. It was absolutely the best road trip vehicle I had ever driven. 
So there, there, there. So those are the two. There you go, guys. Well, thank you for joining us for this fun episode of uh, Big Ass American and uh, Japanese. I was going to say German, but Germans don't. No, like no, no. Germans don't build anything like that. Yeah, they not don't. yet. They don't. Yeah. I wonder why. <laughs> well, because an X nine. Dare, no. we, dare we say it? No, because <laughs> no. that doesn't have a frame. These a, all have frames. A Q9? No. <laughs> Where do you go? <laughs> no, you don't You don't go anywhere with those. I mean, you, the, 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 uh, Mercedes-Benz probably has the largest one. Volkswagen could do it. They could do they it, could, but they're not going to. Volkswagen could do it. They're not going to. They're going electric. You know, you know what they do? You know what the Germans do? Mm. When they go big, they go van. Well, yeah, which right. makes total sense. Right, they're, they're too the logical. Germans are logical, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Even though they'll make controls that are befuddling because they'll make a turn signal yeah. hard to use. They'll be like, why would you buy this when you could buy a Sprinter? Yes, <laughs> Sprinter van makes more sense. Yeah, you could put 12 people in there, 15. Exactly. <laughs> See, but that's the whole thing. So um, not, not, not to put anybody down, I, I actually, all these vehicles are quite good. There are deals to be made, I suppose, but right now in today's market, Good luck finding any of these anywhere near MSRP. Yeah, yeah, I know, dude. It's and we're not. We don't. I don't. I don't think we're even seeing the dark at the beginning of the tunnel. Yet. Really, I do. I, I do. I think but Toyota seems to be getting like their chip stuff down. Yeah, yeah, and they're getting. They're selling some of their vehicles on MSRP. But you know, the Germans now are having issues getting uh, getting uh, wiring harnesses because of what's happening in Europe. Yep. So that's gonna that's gonna be a bit of a slowdown slow too. Down. But I'm, my, you my prediction. A, you had a ship that sank with every expense. <laughs> so the Germans are having a little bit of a problem because it's a bunch of a ship Bugatti went down. Bugatti and Lamborghini. Uh, Audis, Lamborghinis, and Porsches went into the deep. And uh, rumor has it that some of these were going to some VIPs. So, oops, sorry. But, uh, you know, these things happen. The so thing did is... You have, did you have a Lamborghini on this? I, you know, I didn't. <laughs> did I was waiting. Know? I was waiting for my Lamborghini no. order for the next there, there one. There were some, you know, pretty pretty prominent YouTubers that, yes. that had cars on that. Yeah, it, it, it sucks, but it's it's also kind of like, well, they, look, they got insurance. So look, it, it just means they have to wait look, longer. Look, if, if you're buying trucks, right? The good <laughs> thing is they're not coming aboard a boat. <laughs> yeah, I guess. If they're built here, hey, so much the better. <laughs> there you go. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Patreons, for supporting us. We appreciate that as well. Without your support we couldn't do what we do yep, remember go to tfl-studios.com uh, if you want to see all of our videos podcasts tiktoks in one place and as always nathan thank you and thank you guys see you next time ciao cheers you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours activities excursions and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.